Um, I had planned for several months uh, for this Sunday to be Good Seed Sunday, which is kind of a uh, an initiative that's been put together by Christians, particularly in Canada. Um, just a day for celebrating God's creation and, and recognizing, reminding ourselves sort of the biblical call to steward the earth well. And it, it may seem like an odd topic given our current COVID situation, but I think actually uh, perhaps it's all the more timely for us to be remembering uh, the value and goodness of God's world. I uh, was looking up some of the scientific data again and the, the medical data, which just is a reminder again that being out in creation helps to reduce all of our stress. I was like, yeah, okay, that sounds pretty good. Helps us improve our mental focus. Helps improve our immune systems. That's probably a good idea right now, right? That's all we hear about. And I was reminded, too, of, of how God actually tends to us and our own well-being through engaging with his creation. And, and it's important to remember just this truth, even as we, again, navigate COVID and all the changing restrictions and stuff, is that we're embodied creatures. We're embodied creatures. I was reading a catalog from Uline on Thursday morning. They supply, like, office supplies and, like, warehouse supplies and, like, kind of everything. I'm reading this letter, this this catalog. I'm looking through it for fun because I want to, like, you know, I'm, like, looking at, like, picnic tables and stuff, right? And then I like, turn the page and it's, like, glass jars. I'm like, okay, great. Turn the page again. It's, like, pallet jacks. I'm like, okay, we can get anything we want from these guys. And I get to the end. There's a letter from the uh, from the Canadian leader, and his whole letter. This is in the back of the Uline catalog. is about how is about how our virtual meetings can't replace our physical gatherings. I'm like, if the Uline guys got it, like, man, we're in good shape if he's got it. Um, and it's just this reminder that we, you know, we we're not just sort of disembodied minds. We're embodied. We're embodied people. And uh, I, and I've said it before, but I'm reminded of this every time. Every time Rowan and, well, all, all three of our kids, it's kind of become this tradition that we phone Sarah's parents um, over supper. Supper or lunch, I can't remember, one of the two. And so they're kind of scooted around the table in their chairs. And as often as we do that, it's almost become a sort of this daily tradition. Um, it just makes them long more and more to actually be with their grandparents. Like as much as we might do that more than we ever have. It doesn't make them feel like they've really seen them, right? So if the U-line guys got it figured out, my, I mean, my my six, four, and almost two-year-old have got it figured out, right? That we're just made for relationships, and we're made to live in this world, in God's good creation. And so if you're like me, and you are maybe feeling weariness or frustration, then I, I commend to you a good gospel prescription, which is to make an effort to spend good time seeking the face of God out in his good world. And we're also reminded that God has called us to be priestly stewards of his creation. When we talk about creation care, we talk about stewarding the earth, the first thing we have to ask is whose earth is this after all? And that's why I wanted to read this morning just two verses from Psalm 24. Psalm 24, right after the very familiar Psalm 23. Psalm 24, verses 1 and 2, says, The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. 
or sometimes we read it as everything in it, all that fills it. The world and those who dwell therein, not just the people, not just the sentient beings, but the world itself and those who dwell within is his. He's founded it upon the seas. He's established it upon the rivers. And the psalm goes on to talk about going up to worship God. It's almost this sense of because of who God is and he's the creator who's established where we are, of course that makes him worthy of our worship, right? There's sort of this turn from, and I don't know if this happens to you guys, but it does happen to me, is that when I spend time in the beauty of God's creation, knowing it's his, and knowing it's almost like it's almost like his like a picture of his love upon us sometimes when we're out in the goodness of creation i mean i look out right now and it's snowing in april right so it's like whatever but but when you're out in the goodness and it's it's there is something about just drawing near to god in the midst of being out out and about whose earth is this anyway right and if we don't if we don't get that straight in our minds and our hearts we don't start there everything we say about stewarding or or caring for creation it can just become this sort of human-centric initiative that we're just gonna we're gonna save the world somehow you know and it becomes a really kind of self-interest it also becomes a really kind of quick political ideology often we just hear about this in politics Um, but we need to ground this healthily in god's word and that the earth is his he loves it he created it he calls it good and then he's made us in his image and there's the call to, to take care of the garden, to care for it, to guard it, to cultivate it, to, to, uh, to subdue it, to be uh, in, involved and over it and, and cultivating our families and cultures and whatnot. But that's, that's got to be the starting point for any kind of Christian conversation about good stewardship. And that's a pretty different starting point than um, what you might see in a really sort of far left-leaning uh, liberal ideology that you might see today. And so biblically... And as Christians, we just believe God's given us an amazing world that he deeply loves, that reflects his, his goodness and his beauty. And uh, for those of us that are just overwhelmed maybe with the latest news or some of us that are maybe lost in the habit of just kind of scrolling through, our, through social media, we're just kind of scrolling through stuff. Um, here, uh, there's a turn in verse 3 in Psalm 24, of who can ascend the hill of the Lord? So there's a turn to look upwards and I think for some of us, uh, our eyes are so focused downward on our devices, um, there's a call for us to look upwards as well and uh, actually look at, at where we are and where God's put us and then draw our attention further upward towards him to lift our eyes off our screens and to step out into God's good world. And we need perhaps more than ever to not only enjoy creation, but to allow it to also sort of bring healing to our own weary hearts and our own our own minds. I think it's so interesting when you're reading through God's calling to Israel, right? He calls them to, we did Exodus this past year. God calls them out of Egypt. He sets them apart as his own people. They go to Mount Sinai. They get sort of this charter, right? This new law that's going to kind of define who they are as a people. But in that law and in their calling to be a light to the nations, it's not just about uh, how they interact with God, but there's all sorts of descriptions of how they need to interact with with god with each other but also how they're supposed to interact with the non-human created order right and so it's interesting that being part of a light to the nations involved for israel learning a new relationship with the land where before they're slaves 
uh, now they're called as free people. Uh, and, and, it, and it means God need to reshape how they understand their, their uh, engagement with his creation. And the laws, of course, they deal with stuff between God and them, all the worship and sacrificial stuff, and then all the, all the justice laws between them and others, and what happens if your ox gores your neighbor, right, and you didn't mean for him to, and all of that, but also between humans and creation, all the Sabbath stuff, all the stuff about letting the land lie flat fallow, right, letting, um, letting it restore its nutrients properly. Um, all of that stuff is pointing to looking ahead to this day when all of those relationships will be reconciled. And it's, of course, it's so interesting that when Paul describes what Jesus has done on the cross, he talks about it as reconciliation. And I wanted to read Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 20. It's not an unfamiliar passage, but I think sometimes we read the all things part of, of this passage and don't. Don't, you know, we think still just in terms of, of people when Paul's really talking about everything. This is first, uh, not first, Colossians 1, verses 15 to 20. And again, I think the stuff with Israel looks ahead to what Jesus is going to do here. So here's Paul. He says at verse 15, Colossians 1, he's the image of the invisible God, which is a big deal right off the top. But anyway, we're not going to stop right there. The firstborn of all creation. Firstborn doesn't mean he's created. It means he's the He's the, uh, how do I describe it? Sometimes you can read that and think, oh, he's the first created one, and that's heresy. <laughs> it's, not, it's not true. Uh, firstborn of all created. It means it all belongs to him. Um, also, he's the one who's created it. He's, it's by his word that he's created it. And then that's where it goes, right? Verse 16. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, Visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Have you thought about that? The creation is made for God. Like he likes it. He likes the trees. It's made for him. He finds, he finds enjoyment in it, you know. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He's the head of the body of the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That's the other firstborn bit that I was trying to remember. He's the first, he's the first one to lead the way into a new people of God through resurrection. That in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things. All things getting reconciled. All things getting put back together through Jesus. Whether on earth or in heaven making peace by the blood of his cross. This is where Paul goes when he's thinking about the crucifixion and the resurrection, is that through Jesus' blood, all things are reconciled and are put back together rightly in him. He's the true king of all creation. He's the one by whom and for whom everything is created and upon whom everything depends. We depend on him for our ongoing, sustaining life. And his death and resurrection changes everything, says Paul, right? Not only does it bring salvation to all who repent and believe, forgiveness of sins, the washing away of an old life, but through his death, Jesus is reconciling all things. He's putting back together what was broken at the fall. And so he forgives our sins and he invites us into new life. And as Christians, we're formed and shaped by this gospel that God is in charge. He's reconciling all things through Christ. And now we're called to live a new life in light of what he's done for us. 
loving God and loving others, right? But loving God means loving what God loves. And God loves us, but he also loves his creation. He's redeeming it. So that's how creation care, rather than just being sort of a, sort of some sort of Mother Earth Gaia philosophy, that's how creation care, the stewardship of the earth, is actually deeply rooted in the Christian faith. It's just recognizing this is, this, God's created this. He loves this world. Uh, he loves what he's made. We're part of it. You know, we're actually part of the creation too, right? Um, and, and he's reconciling it and calling us to live in light of what he's done, which means loving him, loving what he loves. And, of course, loving people means loving where people live. And if our interactions with creation just result in injustice for people, of course, that becomes a gospel issue as well. But as places are cultivated for life and community, ideally, both the people and the creation flourish. And so the gospel has to be good news, not just for us image bearers, but good news for God's creation too. I had two examples this week of this at work. One was through the the, the Christian uh, creation stewardship group called Arasha uh, in Uganda. And there they've been training pastors uh, in practices that care for creation, um, but also are helping to sustain the community. And so they're, they're making, they've, they've taken all their waste materials and they're making briquettes out of it and, and then using baskets uh, to replace sort of their traditional charcoal. So they're able to like create this stuff that makes their food cook longer instead of their old way of using using their open fires. And so it's reduced their fuel needs, um, which has helped reduce their deforestation issues. Um, but at the same time, it's actually helped the churches come together and, and help their communities come together, right? So it's an example of how loving the people well and loving creation well actually comes together to make the gospel happen in people's lives and to kind of show God's love to people. One pastor was so encouraged by it, he went to 12 other churches to give everyone the training on how to make their new, their new cooking procedure, right, to make it work. And so the church is growing, and people are being cared for, and the creation is being stewarded well, and all of that proclaims Jesus' lordship, proclaims his goodness. In Uganda, another story from Arasha, uh, there's community members were learning to help create their own tree nurseries. Um, and so they're caring for creation, but now the, now the tree nurseries that they've started up have become a source of family income for them, right? And so the people can actually start to grow, and the economy gets better as both creation flourishing and the people flourishing come together because of Jesus. A lot of that started by Christians to help people become more self-sustaining. What about here at home? I think we can choose to care for our neighborhoods and and love our neighbors well by loving the spaces that God has given us. And I was thinking, of course, with this latest stay-at-home order and then the call that, you know, you can't be outside, the police are going to come get you. And thankfully that backtracked a little bit here in the last, not even a day later. Um, I was thinking how we were, we were joking, Sarah was saying it's so crazy because you can't buy shoes, but the patio furniture is for sale. I was like, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe we all just need to buy patio furniture, just sit outside so we can, you know, wade through this thing. Because if we're just honestly sitting inside, we're going to all go crazy, right? <laughs> I, need, I need that Adirondack chair and just sit on my deck, try and, try and, even if it's snowing, right, just be out there somehow. That's probably a good idea. But stewarding, living in the place God has given us. Not all of us have yards. Some of us have lots of land, but to be out 
and out of our phones and out of our houses and to try and to enjoy and to be rejuvenated by what God has given us. I also had a great conversation this week with a guy from the States, um, and he works with landscape architects to help churches create outdoor spaces for ministry. This has just been on my heart for a number of years, and, and we've, we haven't really been able to jump into it a whole lot, but um, there's just some awesome, awesome work that churches are doing to help engage their communities while creating spaces in the church property where people can come and relationships can get made and community can happen. And, and so he was showing me some pictures of what they've done. And, and, and this one church had a, had a section where, you know, they just had prayer walks and prayer trails set up for people to just come and walk. Um, and they had another area where it was on the flip side of their kind of the stage area. So the back side of the church had doors that opened and they had an outdoor stage right there. That way it could just hook into all the same connections and they had the power right there and so they just had outdoor space and pavilions and and places for disciple making to happen and outreach to happen and 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 of course it, it was for like the kids and youth ministries in the church as well but as that started to grow and the church was asking the community what do we what do you guys need how can we help serve you and how can we help love you and how can we steward what we've been given from god to help create spaces that bring uh, that help for outreach and help bring life and help, uh, you know, stir up community, um, create space for worship, uh, just help the church and the community come together, but also allowed for God to do some awesome things in those communities. And it just got me really excited about what we could do someday with the space we have. And, and of course, being right on the highway is a little different than being right downtown, right? Um, but it's exciting to think that as we seek to steward well what God's given us, he actually can transform lives, change us, and shape us. And of course, if we're talking about how God speaks through his creation, perhaps the most clearly, and we're going to actually practice it and celebrate it this morning, is how he ministers to us through baptism and communion. Right In baptism and communion, God takes his physical creation, he takes some water, and takes some bread and wine, right? Takes like food and takes a meal and a bath, right? The stuff we have to do every day, kind of the most ordinary things, bathing and eating. And through that physical means, through his creation, allows it to become a way that we participate in something spiritual with him, right? So that as we engage with this, God is doing something in us. And so I want to call us to a, a robust doctrine of creation, and to remember, especially in times like this with COVID, to remember to learn again the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Not only are we called to steward the land well, but to allow God's good creation to be the means through which he restores and helps to rejuvenate us when we're weary. I'm speaking to uh, Rod Barks, our regional director, a couple of weeks ago just about my sabbatical. Um, that I'll be heading off onto in, in mid-May. And he, he recommended three practices. He said writing, walking, and water. And not just drinking water. He said there's something, there's actually something uh, psychological that happens, something healing that happens when you sit in front of water. Um, and he said, I said, that's great. I can probably walk and write and sit in front of water really well. I think I can probably manage that. Just walk up my front door. <laughs> just sit on that bench and uh, spend time with the Lord. And so I commend to each of you, if you are struggling in this season, 
if you are feeling lonely or tired or foggy, to remember God's good creation and perhaps take on the practices of writing and walking and water. And as the weather warms and we find ourselves drawn back outdoors, I want to encourage us again in our first human calling, which is to live in relationship with God and to live in harmony with one another, which means, of course, caring well for ourselves, caring for your bodies, getting exercise, eating healthily, sleeping deeply, to cultivate a life of prayer, to tend and to keep the garden and ask God to speak to you through his good creation. Because Jesus is Lord of all, and he is reconciling all things to himself, which gives us hope for today as we look ahead to the future when we know he will come again. I wanted to end with this passage from Romans 8, verses 18 to 21, and then we're going to get ready uh, for the table. This is Paul. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you have made us for life, for community, for relationships. Lord, in this time where uh, many of us feel strained and worn out uh, by what has gone on in our world, by uh, seemingly not having an end in sight, Lord, I pray that you would help us to shift our minds out of for some of us, I think, a, a, almost a mode of emergency. And help us to rest in the goodness and the grace of who you are and what you've done for us at the cross. And Lord, I thank you that you've put us in a good world, a world that you love, and that you're reconciling all things, including all things in earth, to yourself through your bloodshed on the cross. Jesus, I pray that uh, each one of us here would take the time to commune with you. For many of us, that means spending the time outside to enjoy your good creation, to allow you to bring healing and renewal to our hearts and minds as we are uh, outside with you. Lord, would you give us wisdom and grace to navigate this time well? Lord, would you help us to be good stewards of what you've given us? not just good stewards of uh, the relationships we're in or good stewards of our finances, but also good stewards of the place you've put us. And Lord, may we be a light to the world around us in how we live for you and how we seek to love the people around us and how we seek to care well for what you've given us. Lord, we love you. And as we come to this table, uh, as we take this food, part of your physical creation. Lord, would you minister to our hearts and nourish us, reminding us, Lord, of who you are, that you call us to new life and forgiveness and wholeness in you, that you're making all things new. We love you this morning, Jesus, uh, in your name. Amen.